come and fill your jars. <laughs> Servants of the living God, come and fill your jars. Spirit of the living God, come and fill your jars. I'm not drunk as you suppose. It's only half past 11 in the morning. Peter had to say that to the disciples on the day of Pentecost because uh, probably it sounded like they'd had a few jars. I'm going to read to you from uh, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, uh, verses 6 and 7. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The knowledge of God's glory, the knowing of God displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power, often skip over that bit, this all-surpassing power, this incomparably great power is from God and not from us. Um, I recognize that I'm uh, really uh, blessed at the moment to be on a very exciting stretch of my spiritual journey. And, uh, and I know that what's happening in me is available to everyone because God doesn't show favoritism. And uh, Sue, so you had me a little bit concerned for a moment because I thought you might actually be going for my entire message, okay, in just a, in a few short words. But uh, I thought you were right on the button there. Well done, girl. Well, you stepped out in faith and you took ground. And that's what we're all called to do. Actually step out in faith. And I, my, you know, one of my prayers this morning is that actually we would all be renewed in the faith that takes hold of the things that we were promised. So um, we are ordinary vessels. I'm an ordinary vessel. So you're an ordinary vessel. I'm in fact a jar of clay. Um, but as, I separate, as we separate ourselves unto God for his purposes... Uh, he can anoint us and he can do extraordinary things in us uh, by his spirit who lives in us. And, uh, and uh, this is true for every one of us. None of us was ever called to simply attend church, watch the service, be nice to people, go home three quarters empty and live an ordinary uneventful week. Yep, yeah, God has power and equipping for every one of us and if we ask, seek, and knock back on his door, he will release his gifting and anointing to us according to our uh, thirst, according to our willingness to be available to him, and according to our commitment to use it. So I want, to, um, um, I want an upgoing, ongoing, up-to-date testimony. A testimony that features not only how Jesus saved me a long time ago, but features things that are happening in my life today, basically. These are days of uh, urgency. Um, there are certainly spiritual battles to be thought, fought, and in our slumber we've let the enemy take some of the precious territory that God had given us. But we don't need to be afraid. We have a good shepherd who loves us and has sealed us from the day of redemption. And uh, yes, these are days of urgency, but they're also days of great... These are days of great opportunity. They are, these are days when a glory cloud hovers over us like it hovered over the dark, formless earth until God spoke his word, released his word, spoke light into darkness and, create, and spoke creation into being. 
which as Drew said last week, I think it's uh, Romans 4, 16 or 17, uh, God calls into being things which did not formally exist. Okay? And so even things and patterns in our life and negativity where things haven't been going well in our life, where there's been a track record, where we haven't seen God moving, actually God is able to still speak his superordinate word which goes above and beyond everything, anything that we've experienced, anything that's stood against, because okay? nothing stands against his word. He is exalted above all things, his name and his word. So, revival has begun. We need to embrace this opportunity with everything we've got. Amen. Um, one of the ways I've been blessed through this church, I've been blessed through so many people in this church and so many ministries and things in this church, and one of the, the groups that has been a blessing to me is the, the prophecy group that meets on Monday morning, which is available to all, because all can prophesy. You can prophesy. Um, Generally these days, Lynn picks out uh, a passage and, and we look at that passage and uh, we ask God to speak to us. Uh, maybe from that passage or maybe God's just going to say something else. And uh, one of the passages he picked out a few weeks ago was the parable of the ten virgins. I'm going to read that for you now. It's in Matthew 25 and it's the first 13 verses. If you, uh, if you do want to turn it up, which is uh, always recommended. Matthew 25, first 13 verses. I've probably got too much, so I'm going to get straight in. At that time, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. They all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps so that their flame could burn brighter in the heart of the darkness. Anyway, that's a... The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for us and you. Instead... Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who went in with him uh, went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. That makes me tremble. Therefore keep watch, Jesus said, because you do not know the day or the hour. And so, as I said before, we need to be ready. So the wise ones woke up and they trimmed their lamps, uh, but they'd already taken some oil with them in jars. They had already jars of oil. They had plenty of the Holy Spirit. They were aligned to what God was doing. How do we get aligned? How do we get jars of oil? I'll read to you another 247. This is, uh, this is my door number. God's with us 24-7. I like 24-7. Um, 2 Kings 4, verses 1-7, to actually. 
2 Kings 4, verses 1 to 7. One of the stories of Elisha. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And as you know, he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. We haven't got enough money. We're going to have to sell the children into slavery to pay, to pay what we owe. Elisha replied to, you, replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't just ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars, and as each one is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, so she did what she was told. She was obedient. They brought the jars to her, and she kept on pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there aren't any jars left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can come and live on what is left. Briefly, I want to draw your attention to verse 3. It says, don't just ask for a few jars. Keep on bringing jars. Bring everything you've got. Um... It also says, go and ask your neighbours. I think um, I'm, I'm blessed for the, I'm so blessed for the help that I've had in asking my neighbours in this church, actually. There are so many people that I could name. It will actually take a long time, but I've got a lot of people that I'm grateful for and that I can draw on, and that I've been able to ask for help and they've been able to give support. And this is a church, this is a family that really helps one another. Then he said, Elijah said, Elisha said, go inside and shut the door behind you. Does that remind you of anything? Does that remind you of anything that Jesus said? Yeah, prayer. Yeah, prayer. prayer, that's it. Is that you, Judith? Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, when you, when you pray, go into your room and close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That speaks to me, even in that passage of Elijah, of, of, of prayer of drawing close, getting, getting close to God. If we were to go on in 2 Kings 4, we, uh, we read another story about making, making room, making room for the man of God, making room for the effect for the Spirit of God, and wonderful things happening there. How do you fill your jars? You fill your jars effectively by giving them to Jesus. Prayer is the air we breathe in the Spirit. Jesus said, without me, you can do... Exactly. Nothing. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you will bear much fruit. That's right. Who wants to bear much fruit? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. That's why you were taking hold of the sword last week, isn't it? You want to take hold of the word of God? You want to be fruitful? Where am I? 
Okay. It, yeah, so it all begins and it flows from our relationship with God, with our time spent with Jesus. That's where the oil comes from. That's where the Holy Spirit begins to flow. And that, that takes faith because if you want to spend time with Jesus, generally there is a crowd preventing you from, from getting there and spending too much time with Jesus. We'll come back to that. What jars am I, are, are, are they? Um, I would suggest that they are jars of obedience, jars of devotion, and free time that are available, free time that you make available, jars that you have to empty out if they're full, if they're full of something else which is less valuable, and make time. Uh, Jesus said, uh, uh, on the last and greatest day of the feast, uh, he called out uh, in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And as the scripture has foretold, lives, rivers of living water will pour forth from within the, the womb of his being. Right? Rivers of living water to those who are thirsty, to those who come to Jesus. Okay. God wants to pour out through you. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to pour out through you. The, uh, the, what he wants to pour out is actually for the world outside. It's for others, but he will fill you in order to pour through you. You also will be blessed in, in, in doing it. Okay? Um, and as long as we have those jars of availability, of willingness, of faith and determination available, the oil will keep flowing. So I'm pressing into God at the moment, you know? And if I seem a little bit different, and if I seem possibly a little bit different from the person that, that came here, the person that for some weeks, when I first came to the church, actually would, would go out in the back and didn't even want to come into the building, and if I seem a little bit different, if I seem a little bit changed, it's because I've been spending more time with Jesus. You know? And so my prayer is that actually, as each one of us comes and spends more time with Jesus, we'll be so changed that people will say of us, like they said to the mind man, is that the same person? Yeah. No, it only looks like them. No, I am the same person. It's just that I've been spending time with Jesus. And he's changed me. And right now it's happy hour in the spirit. I've said there's a, there's, a, there's a glory cloud. Tony said, it's actually, we're in revival. It's double portion time. And do you know what? God wants to use all the jars he can get hold of. And we are jars of clay. We are his vessels to use. He wants to use us. He is longing to use us. He is longing to pour out into us. It just takes for us to align ourselves so we can be useful for him. Right, okay. Wow, my time. I wanted to remind you briefly again of the, uh, the story that Drew uh, uh, alluded to last week about the, uh, uh, the, the woman with the issue of blood who pressed through her crowd. Um, I think I'm going to have to move on. So one of the things that God's really put on my heart is prayer. And uh, I like to, uh, I've been praying prayers that are prayers uh, loaded with scripture. 
and it's good to repeat them, it's good, good to meditate on them, and, uh, and what comes when we hear God's word? Faith comes when we hear God's word. So essentially, it's good to repeat that, and faith is built up. And we need faith. We've got a bit of a, 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 a debt. There are certain situations, there are, there are um, faith situations I've got into. People have been praying for people recently. There have been situations that have been going on for a really long time, and they don't look like they're going to change. And what's going to change them? Actually... Jesus said, if we have faith and we don't, we're not moved from that faith, we can move mountains. Okay? So how do we get hold of that faith that's not going to move? Well, we need to get hold of his word and we need to meditate on his word. We need to get that word in. We need to, we need to separate ourselves from other things that come in and pollute our minds. We need to separate ourselves from, from bad experiences and from, you know, well, this, this hasn't happened before. And we need to look hard at the word of God and the promises of God that says we can have this. That's what the word actually says. He said, look, by your wounds I am healed. Now, either that's true, it's the word of God. Do we believe what the word actually says? Sometimes we have to meditate over it. We have to go over it and over it and confess it until we come to a point of faith where we can rise up and we can declare that. Amen. Amen. So, right, I need to move on. Um, we, we read to uh, uh, Ephesians 6, we were uh, putting on the armor of God. When you are suited up, when you've got all the defensive armor on, you've got the, you know, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, when you've got the breastplate of righteousness, when you know those things are in place, and when you are ready, as so many of you were last week, to take hold of the sword of the Spirit, what are you going to do with that? If we move from Ephesians verse six, uh, 17, 6, 17 to 18, it says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray, and pray, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's not the only situation we use it in. It's for declaration out of the streets. It's for declaration to the heavenly realms, but that's part of prayer. So it's for prayer and it's for, dec it's for declaration. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get into I just want to, I, I'm going to, <laughs> my son's going to say quickly, but I'm going to pray a prayer which uh, I, I got in a quiet time a little while ago. It came in a flow. Sometimes things do. And... Um, I've prayed it a few times since. I hope that this prayer will, um, it won't all apply to you, but I hope it will inspire a similar motivation in you. So, Lord, help me to live a life of faith. I once made a decision to follow you. I stepped out on the witness of my heart, and even though there was still much that I didn't understand, I chose to quieten and turn from the reasonings of other arguments and I staked my life on what your word said about your death on my behalf, your resurrection, the cleansing of my filthy, sin-stained soul by your precious blood, my justification before your throne on the day of judgment, the gift of righteousness that comes by faith in your redeeming sacrifice and eternal life with you. And since then, I've looked with you in faith on occasions for courage, deliverance for trials, 
healings, financial provision, and your help for others. And you have given me some amazing answers. But as I look back, I find that most of the boldest, riskiest decisions of faith, those that brought the most glorious results, actually lie buried in days long past. Lord, I want to repent of my passivity, of my complacency, of my contentment, to live an ordinary Christian, an ordinary, decent, everyday life, largely out of my own resources and abilities. When you commissioned your disciples to cast out demons, to heal the sick, and to raise the dead, and that even before they had the Holy Spirit, Lord, I look to you for help and courage to take bold and risky steps of faith in your words, in my words and actions once again. To lean on your word, your character and your faithfulness. Turning again from the clamor of all other voices, circumstances, reasonings, arguments and experiences, looking away unto Jesus. Fixing my faith on you and your word for healings for others, for those who believe shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover, for triumph over my flesh and over my weaknesses, for authority over demons, for edifying words of prophecy and encouragement for those in the church, for you can all prophesy, for words of knowledge for those outside and even signs and miracles because you said that those who believe in you would do what you do and even greater things. Lord, you said that the violent lay hold of the kingdom of God. Help me to pursue with violent tenacity uh, the... the, the uh, with the violent tenacity of, for example, the woman with the issue of blood who pushed through that crowd to get to you, the friends of the paralytic who dug through the roof, the blind men who cried out to you who would, when they were told to be quiet, the Syrophoenician woman who, when she was compared to a dog, showed, showed you her dogged faith. And Jairus on hearing that his little girl had already died, clung to your word. Do not be afraid, only believe. See, these people were determined. They weren't turned back because they knew that if they could get hold of Jesus, they could get hold of that which would change their life. They understood who he was. They understood that it's available in him. And unlike... The woman, the, the woman in the issue, with the issue of blood, she took hold of it. There were a lot of people in the crowd that day that didn't get healed on that occasion. A lot of people who saw something wonderful happen, but they didn't take hold of it for themselves. I pray, Father God, that we will, be, we will not be like those. I pray that we will be like those who press through who understand that healing power, deliverance, signs and wonders are available through you, through you in these days, and we take hold of what you have made freely available. Open my eyes, Lord God. Give me wisdom to draw upon 
your incomparably great power for up towards us who do what? Yeah, I'm going to redefine that as for us who exercise our faith in you. Not just having the, the, the faith, maybe having the faith that had a lamp, you know, but, but didn't have enough oil in the lamp, but having a faith that's alive today, that is, is fresh and takes hold of new ground. Like when, when like Sue, uh, here's the prompting, you know, I want you to say this. Are you going to say this for me? Oh, I'm not sure. Is that right? Is that not right? I'm going to go for it anyway. Lord, give me that kind of faith. Give us that kind of faith. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.